You are listening to the Practical Islamic Finance Podcast, where we try to help people globally build wealth in a halal way. We hope you find it useful and fun. Anything you hear in this podcast is not to be understood as personalized financial or investment advice and only represents the views of the speaker. Investing entails risk, including loss of principal. Be sure to do your own due diligence before you make any investment decisions. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to my rundown of this week's major news stories. If you're new here, my name is Rakan Kayali, founder of Practical Islamic Finance, where we help people globally build wealth in a halal way. Consider supporting the channel. By becoming a member, you get to follow my crypto and stock portfolios, and you also gain access to privileged content. So consider becoming a member. The first headline from last week is Russia seems ready to invade Ukraine or the Ukraine, depending on how you prefer to say it. Currently, the two countries are in a state of war. This war basically started in 2014 when Russia took over Crimea and Obama at the time honestly was too much of a wimp to do anything about it. And because he didn't do anything about it then, Russia has come back and now it's more emboldened and thinks it can do it again. The problem now is that Russia wants to ensure Ukraine doesn't join the NATO alliance. In 2004, the Czech Republic, Estonia, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, and Slovakia all joined the EU, followed by Bulgaria and Romania in 2007. The Russian government is afraid that Ukraine's membership in the EU and NATO would complete a Western wall of allied countries by restricting Russia's access to the Black Sea. With South Korea and Japan being allied to the U.S., the Russian government is concerned that basically it's going to be ring-fenced by potentially hostile powers. The truth is, it's important to understand a level deeper than just what the headlines read. The Russian government is concerned with one thing and one thing only, staying in power. It couldn't care less about any other consideration you can think of. In order to stay in power, they must make sure that their population doesn't get any wild ideas. Specifically, the wild ideas the Russian government wants to keep geographically distant and every other way distant from its population is the idea that a people or population should be able to hold their leaders and their government accountable. This is why the Russian government has mobilized its entire army to its border with Ukraine. And this is why you'll see the Russian government standing firmly with every despot, low-life, degenerate, criminal regime anywhere in the world, not just on its border. And you can find it standing against any system of governance wherein the government can be held accountable for its actions. For this reason, and for no other reason whatsoever, Putin is contemplating war. This man has no principles, no values, no commitments other than to power. So whether or not Putin decides to invade Ukraine is contingent on how much of a risk he thinks not being able to ensure Ukraine is also governed by criminals, how much of a risk this is on him personally, and the continuity of the Russian regime generally. The problem with this situation is not the Russian military. The Russian military is a subpar fighting force with 
subpar technology. We've seen many proofs of this, including their equipment's dismal performance in the recent Armenia-Azerbaijan war, in which Azerbaijan, with the help of Turkish technology, basically smashed the Armenian army, and none of the Russian equipment that was flown in was able to help the Armenians. The problem is that I don't really sense a strong appetite in the West to fight for anything that doesn't directly affect them. You see, in the West, the majority of people, at least as per my assessment, have adopted the mentality of, I'm looking out for me. And that's basically it. I'm trying to maximize my happiness, my wealth, my health, my status. Very few people you meet, you get the sense that they are living for something bigger than themselves or bigger than their immediate family at most. I think Muslims may be somewhat unique in this regard. Admittedly, there are a large number of Muslims that are basically just living for themselves. But there's also a sizable portion of Muslims, especially young Muslims, that I've noticed are living and working towards achieving the purpose of Islam, which is spreading mercy and relief in this world. In light of this, I really think Muslims represent one of the greatest hopes for humanity. If we can just get our act together and figure out how to set up equitable systems of governance with checks and balances that ensure personal rights and freedoms, we can be a huge asset to anyone in this world who wants to live in a free, equitable, and just society. Now, what effects will a Russian invasion on Ukraine have on the markets if it happens? Well, it's likely going to lead to a lot more inflation. Russians don't really produce anything except commodities, primarily oil and gas. And since oil and gas are energy sources and making anything requires energy, a rise in oil and gas would lead to a rise in prices for basically everything. Which brings me to the second topic of the news breakdown of this week, which is inflation. You're probably hearing a lot more of this word as of late. This is because U.S. inflation in January, as measured by the Consumer Price Index, hit a four-decade high of 7.5%. This is really bad. This essentially means that all else being equal, every savings account in U.S. dollars is now 7.5% less valuable. Now, why is this happening? Well, we have a monetary system that is insane. We are printing money like there is no tomorrow. And the more money we print, the more indebted we become. And the more indebted we become, the more money we need to print to pay off our debt. So what's going to happen here? I really don't know. What I do know is that something eventually has got to give. U.S. national debt is now $30 trillion, which I... I'm not even sure is a real number. There is a 0% chance of this ever being paid off. And I'm pretty sure this can't just keep going up to infinity. So how the U.S. government intends to get out of this mess, I don't really think anyone knows. Thank God for the religion of Islam wherein interest-bearing debt is strictly prohibited. We must find a better system than the one we are currently using. Now, part of this better system has been found, in my view, and it goes by the name of Bitcoin. Now, more than ever, I think the argument for Bitcoin is crystal clear. It's a store of value that cannot be corrupted or inflated. If you'd like to follow my crypto portfolio, as I mentioned, consider becoming a PIF member. Speaking of Bitcoin, the third headline that I wanted to bring up in this week's review is the alleged President Biden 
freeing frozen Afghan billions for relief and 9-11 victims. Now, this headline is extremely misleading. So Afghanistan has more than $9 billion in reserves. Just over $7 billion of these reserves are held in the United States. This $7 billion, which is the property of the Afghan people, has been frozen since the Taliban took over. And now schools and teachers and government services are barely getting funded. The economy is on the verge of collapse and famine is a real risk. So what does the humanitarian Biden do with the money? Instead of returning it to the Afghan people because it is their property, half of it is going to pay 9-11 victim families who have filed lawsuits. Why are the Afghan people's money being stolen to pay for the attacks of 2001. What does the average Afghan have anything to do with what happened? This is just outright theft. The reason why the Biden administration is doing this is simple, because they can't. There's no ramifications to them doing this, but it's absolutely theft. And by the way, I guarantee that the families of victims of 9-11 will see very little of that money. I have a hunch that it's mainly going to go to lawyers in these lawsuits. So this makes zero sense to me. You're taking the precious little resources that a country on the verge of famine has and giving it to lawyers, arguing for compensation to be paid for attacks that the people from which this compensation is to be taken had nothing to do with. That makes zero sense. What I think acts of theft like this will result in is more people and governments adopting Bitcoin, since it is seizure resistant. I fully expect many other governments in the world to start adding Bitcoin to their reserves in the not too distant future.